The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So continuing on these talks of the third foundation for awareness, which is mindfulness of the mind. And so it's uh, building our capacity to be aware by knowing what's happening in the mind, recognizing the mind. And the mind is important because whatever the mind is, this inner mental state, heart state, <clears throat> whatever the heart is, the, the, <clears throat> as the intellectual, emotional center for ourselves, that's the location for our primary experiences of suffering and for happiness. We can have physical pain and physical pleasure, but the places where the mind is the location for that which is existentially much deeper and impactful and important for us, it's a location for where suffering occurs. And whether you call that place the mind or the heart or some other name, um, the mind is that inner mental, emotional landscape <clears throat> that uh, we have. And you can define it for yourself. It's more important how what you're experiencing than that you experience some Buddhist idea what the mind is. And um, it's also where we can feel happy, deep abiding happiness, deep peace, <clears throat> and even the experience of freedom is something that uh, belongs to the mind, this citta. So the task <clears throat> that, uh, as it's described in the text, is simply to know the state of the mind in the way that it is. There's nothing in it about judging it, making commentary about it, wishing it for it to be otherwise, being aversive to it, trying to fix it, trying to make it into something else. It's simply to recognize it as it is. And as I've said, that simple recognition does change, begin to change it. it. Tends to change it in a wholesome direction because the clear mindfulness of it is now, is not feeding anymore the unhealthy, the unwholesome mind states. If we're not really mindful, the mental energy can go into the stories and the ideas and the resentments and all kinds of things that support this unwholesome mind state of mind. But as the energy of the mind goes into being a, to being a mindful, into a kind of clear knowing, oh, this is what's happening. Now I see. I see the mind is desirous. The mind is full of wanting something strong. And that's what's going on in the mind. It's almost like you can have that conversation with yourself. Oh, that's what it's like. Oh, or it's full of aversion or resentment or hostility or irritation. That's what the mind is like. Right now, the mind is like this. If it's confused, agitated, uh, full of doubt, full of delusion, to know this is what it's like. This is a delusion, the delusive mind, the mind that's spinning stories and fantasies. And so the, um, to know, to simply to know it 
and this is kind of the the center of this exercise of the third foundation is the, how simple can you simply know the mind mind state it makes a huge difference to do that um, because chances are if we're not just simply knowing it if the mind is caught up in desires or aversions or confusion delusion those come along as baggage carry on luggage for how we do the mindfulness practice and the mindfulness itself will have it be, awareness itself will be somehow colored by that desire, leaning forward, grasping, wanting, uh, or by the aversion of pushing away or being hostile or looking in, you know, meanly at it. Or it's just confused. The awareness itself is not very centered or clear and calm because it's agitated, confused, not going, knowing which way to go. So the more we can just let the knowing be very, very simple, the less carry-on baggage it comes it comes along with, and then it's just see lighter and easier and easier. So the way the Buddha words these instructions, he says, when a mind, when the mind state or the mind, when the citta um, is with desire, it knows the mind is with desire. When the mind is without desire one knows the mind is without desire. Sometimes translators have translated this uh, as if one knows that the state of mind is, is desirous, a desiring state of mind, um, or an aversive state of mind. But literally, the, the Pali, it says, uh, a mind with desire, with aversion. And um, this is a very significant uh, distinction because as mindfulness is as a clear awareness that it recognizes something clearly for itself, as that becomes stronger, um, the desire and the aversion is not part of the whole mind. It doesn't color or shape or define the whole mind. Awareness, the clear awareness begins to expand the domain of the mind so it's no longer wrapped into um, desire or aversion. And so, with clear mindfulness, uh, desire is not the whole mind. It's just a part of it. The mind is coming along with the mind, but it doesn't define the whole mind. And so, um, part of the, this is why it's, this practice is, of the mind is so powerful when the mindfulness can see, oh, this is in the mind. In one place, the Buddha talks about the mind um, having um, visitors the visitors that uh, confuse it, the visitors that defile it, the visited, visitors that obstruct the mind. And, um, and this uh, well, lovely idea that greed, hatred, delusion, the hindrances are visitors to the mind, not uh, inherent to the mind. And we start, when, when mindfulness becomes strong enough, then we start kind of prying ourselves apart from these difficult mind states. And we start seeing, oh, there's more going on. But the Buddha also talks about not just seeing a desirous st- mind with desire, but also seeing a mind that's without desire. This means uh, uh, positive states of mind. Uh, generosity is a state without desire, without greed. Um, <clears throat> um, for example, and, uh, and so it's also positive states of mind. But here we're asked to notice when there's desirous in the mind and when there's not. When the mind is colored and shaped by desire 
and when it's not. And it's, of course, part of the mind that sees it. And, um, and so the three, kind of these three root fundamental kind of forces of the mind that underlie all unhealthy states of mind, according to the Buddha, greed, hatred, and desire. One knows a mind with greed, with greedy desire, as such. One knows a mind without greed, as such. One knows a mind with aversion or hatred or hostility, as such. One knows a mind without it, as such. And one knows a deluded mind or a confused mind, um, as such. And one knows a mind without that, as such. And um, and so, becoming more and more familiar with this, and then becoming familiar with what that's like. So it's not just knowing it, but knowing the felt sense, the experience of it, uh, recognizing um, there's a clear recognition. Oh, when the mind is full of desire, it's leaning forward, it's searching. When the mind has aversive, it's uh, stabbing or you know attacking or blaming or or pulling away or uh, it's getting the mind gets narrower, contracted, it gets restless. It gets a kind of maybe a frenetic energy of, uh, that goes on in the mind. It, maybe the, the mind is more up in the head rather than in the heart and the body. The location of the mind shifts and changes depending on what uh, the mind is caught up in at the moment. And when it's caught with greed, hate, and delusion, chances are it's, there's some kind of locus center of the mind where it's can we feel it's located that might be different than if the mind is filled with compassion and love and peace and wisdom. And so to look around and explore, what does it feel like in the body? What does it feel like in the mind itself? What's it, what impact does the, these different states of mind have on our clarity of mind and our ability to stay focused and balanced? So we begin kind of um, familiarizing ourselves with all this. But this is a third foundation of mindfulness so to do this right away from the beginning maybe it means that um, we, get wrapped, we get just more confused by it or wrapped up in it or reactive to it or it lends itself to a lot more thinking about it all. But to think of this third foundation of mindfulness as, as um, having the first two foundations as a support for it, the mind is already able to get somewhat calm, present, stable, in the present moment, uh, the mind is starting to come strong in its mindfulness. So with that calm, ability to be calm and centered and not being distracted easily, without, um, um, and knowing something about this uh, non-reactive awareness and just knows very simply, when that is all in place, that's a good time to start becoming aware of the mind state. If that's not in place, then it's good to go back to the beginning. Just go back to just breathing and beginning of the whole satipatthana until it all settles in again. And then we can kind of begin opening to the mind state. And the mind state uh, can color mindfulness, as I've said, and color how we're mindful. It's like the carry-on luggage we bring with us. So as we become clearer and clearer about the mind state that we have, that um, we have less and less of this luggage and the mind becomes clearer, brighter, um, more free in a certain kind of way. In a couple of days, we're going to look at the second half of this um, third foundation, where that is looking at the 
the uh, what it grow, how the mind can grow and develop when it's no longer in the grip of greed, hate, and delusion, or fear, or agitation, or contraction. And um, and what we'll see then is that the the discussion goes from talking what the mind is with to talking about the state of the mind itself. And when these beautiful states arise, uh, they can coexist with mindfulness, with awareness. It's almost like they are awareness, <clears throat> but that's for in a couple of days. So, um, <clears throat> thank you. And uh, in the next 24 hours or so, when you have a chance going about your daily life, <clears throat> you might, uh, in daily life, start doing a little bit of inventory of the state of your mind. Is it a mind that with desire? Is it a mind with <clears throat> hostility or hatred or ill will, aversion? Is it a mind that's confused or delusive? And just notice, these will probably float through and arise and pass in different circumstances. When you're hungry for dinner, you might feel that desire mind is predominant. When you've eaten too much, aversive mind is predominant. Um, <clears throat> when uh, you wonder how to do the dishes, <laughs> uh, when the dishwashing machine is completely packed, as you might notice this confused, confused mind or you know, just notice it, it comes and goes. It's like kaleidoscope in small, subtle and big ways. Start tracking all this. And when, when there's no desire, notice what that's like. No ill will. Notice what that's like. And just kind of explore and, and uh, get to know and become familiar with it. The texture, the smell, the feel for these mind states. And uh, see what happens when you recognize them more and more. I look forward to... Um, introducing the next talk. Thank you.